The Marine and the Hippie is a weekly conversation about current events aimed at presenting alternative viewpoints while looking for common ground. We are the Marine and the Hippie. Welcome to Dialogue 19 of the Marine and the Hippie. Today we will be discussing are you a Ferrari or a Chevy, looking at how cancel culture might be getting a little might be getting it a little bit wrong sometimes. The basic premise is this. When we are in the spotlight, we transcend or we change form. So maybe we view ourselves and and the world usually views us as, as Eddie Murphy quoted, a crappy blue Chevy Nova. But in reality, at that moment, we are actually a Ferrari. And, And because of this, I think sometimes we get it wrong. I think sometimes when we cross a finish line or where we're the, the marquee speaker and we've gone through our life clearly as, as, as the Chevy clearly as people casting shade on us or insulting us or interacting with us in, in a lot of neg with a lot of negativity that when we get into these moments where we are under the spotlight and people are, 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 are looking at us and examining us, they may say something like, they may say, say something that in, in our normal life would be construed as an insult. But in that moment, it's not. In that moment, it's our fault because we've changed. We haven't stepped out of that Chevy. We've actually stepped out of the Ferrari. And what they're seeing something that they are attracted to and interested in and excited about and, and getting pleasure from because they are interested in this kind of small piece of the echo chamber or the information silo that Doc and I have talked about before. So I I think sometimes when we're canceling people, we're saying, oh man, this person said this about me. Yeah, if they say something that's overtly racist or sexist or misogynistic, yeah, cancel them, that's fine. But sometimes I think we interpret a comment as being those things. And we need to go a step further and take a look at the why, maybe ask a question and see if actually it could be on us because we found out that we got, we stepped out of not a Chevy in our normal life, but out of the Ferrari. Doc, what do you think? I don't really participate in cancel culture just because of the fact that I realize that a lot of the things that I perceive in my life come from my own personal experience. And so, and I I was doing some thinking about this a couple years back and I was thinking, well, you know, yeah, there are some things that I might say that will, you know, upset someone or, or, you know, piss someone off or insult someone. And the insult, you know, might not be intentional. I, I might just say something either wrong or I might say something, you know, with a wrong tone or I might say something that is actually very insulting to a person, but I don't know their history well enough to understand why that's insulting. But I, you know, I I very clearly step over a line, very clearly insult them. And the thing that, that I was thinking about was, well, you know, why would I cancel someone for, for me feeling insulted if they say something, uh, when the communication requires both sides, it requires two different sides. You know, they say something and I perceive what they said as my own thing. 
but that's completely within you know myself and you know they might not have done anything wrong they might not have done anything wrong intentionally they might not have intended to hurt my feelings but instead of canceling them what i need to say is okay wait a minute so that insulted me that made me feel bad or made me feel small or something like that now why did you say that and i think that that one step is what in, in our you know really quick to respond ultra quick clicking uh, that's a tongue twister uh you know twitter culture or whatever we got going on in this country people don't ever take a step back and say okay so why did you say what you just said and give that other person an opportunity to say well you know i i thought you're you know i thought you know this or that about you but you know i didn't have any idea that i was insulting you dylan let me give you a clear example of this when I moved to, I've lived all over the world now. Um, and when I moved to Myanmar as a school teacher, and when you live abroad and, and, and you live in, in countries like Myanmar, um, like Morocco, as an expat, you are a Ferrari. There, there's no, that line is very clear. You are, you are an American? Oh my gosh, because there's not many. And I remember um, sitting in a lunchroom, in our lunchroom at the school I worked at, and one of the teachers who I was hired on with coming in in a huff, she was pissed. She comes in and she, she comes in and she sits down at the table, boom, can you believe what Mimi said to me in the elevator? We had just come in back from break. And somebody asked, what did Mimi say to you in the elevator? And Mimi was the secretary of the, of the assistant principal and 100% Burmese. And Mimi had said, have you put on weight? And this woman, this fellow American, wanted Mimi's job. She thought that it was the most insulting thing that had anyone had ever said to her. And somebody pointed out freeze hold on in the asian culture she is doing what she, she she's not meaning it to be an insult <laughs> she's just observing something that has changed about you so sometimes i think we have to recognize this i recognize it with my hair i have a pretty big bald spot on the back and as a teacher Every year that I taught, some kid would come up to me after they got used to me in like November, December, because they wouldn't recognize it at first and come up to me and say, Mr. Netter, do you know that you're going bald? And I'd say, yep, thanks, and move on with my day. Because it wasn't meant as an insult. It was meant as an observation. Because what they were doing was they were examining every facet of who I am and what I am. To, to learn more because they were interested in me, because they saw me as the Ferrari and not the Chevy. When we come back, we'll continue talking about, are you a Ferrari or a Chevy? Thanks for listening to The Marine and the Hippie.
You're listening to the Marine and the Hippie. Welcome back to Marine and the Hippie. This is dialogue number 19. Are you a Ferrari or are you a Chevy? Today we're not talking about cars necessarily. We're talking about how people see you. Uh, some people think that they are a Chevy. Some people think that the things that they do are just the normal, everyday, out-of-the-ordinary type stuff when, in fact, it the things that they do is amazing to someone else. And I might feel like I'm driving a, uh, a Chevy, and someone else might see my car as a Ferrari. And so we're talking about a lot of a lot of times the perception of the other person. And when they come up to you and are amazed by the fact that you're you know appear to be you know the Ferrari in the in the scenario there, and you think you're just a Chevy, should you get upset by the fact that they're in awe of you and and amazed by you and and amazed by the things you you do? When you think that what you're doing is just ordinary, but they happen to think that what you're doing is extraordinary. Uh, and you know, to what degree, you know, do we have, uh, the right to then cancel them when they, uh, when they treat your ordinary behavior as if it's extraordinary? Uh, you know, I, I, you know, as a white, straight white man in the world, I happen to find myself, you know, constantly walking on eggs because I'm always worried about what I'm going to say, who I'm going to upset, you know, Am I going to offend somebody if I say something in a specific way? I don't exactly, you know, guard my speech, but part of this has to do with the idea of political correctness. And and conservatives get down on political correctness all the time because they think that it's policing the way you think. And it's not really policing the way you think necessarily. It's policing, you know, how you interact with a person. And we can say things to people, you know, that we're either in awe of or that we you know don't like or something like that we can say things to people and not be complete assholes about it you know i can i can say the same thing in two different ways one way i can say it where i'm respectful of the person and i might just disagree with them or something like that but on the other way i can say it you know i can say look you're a you're a fucking moron you know i, I can't believe those words came out of your mouth and that that produces a completely different response in in the person and so the the idea behind political correctness is you don't want to be, you know, a person that steps on other people's sensibilities. You have to pay attention to the fact that when you communicate with people, you're communicating with a person with totally different experience with you than you, a totally different perception than you, and you have to take that into account. And uh, and so this this all goes back to the perception that, you know, I might drive what I think is a Chevy, a piece of crap Chevy Nova. And you might be driving what I see as a Ferrari, even though you think it's a Chevy, Dylan. So, yeah, I, I think Doc brings up a good point. And the idea is that sometimes our perception is different, how we view ourselves and how others are viewing us. I'll give you two examples, um, both about, about experiences in my life, seeing what I deemed as something I was in awe of. The first time was I saw... Um, uh, a barista in New York who had a labrette piercing and she had her belly button pierced. And I thought that that was really interesting because it was the first time I'd seen a labrette. And I, I think I was, you know, 18 or 19 at the time. And I said, Hey, do you have anything else pierced? Because uh, I was interested. And, and I, and her, her answer was yes. And she said, I have my pierced. And I said, you're what? And she said, yeah, my, my clitoris. And I said, cool, can I see? 
And her response was yes. And she took me to the bathroom and it was not sexual. It was nothing about that. It was about me seeing my first clitoris piercing. And I thought that it was a really interesting experience. And because she was a Ferrari, she had, she had something different that I hadn't seen before. I was amazed by it. And she was sharing this experience with me. The next time that this happened, I was in Denver, Colorado. And this uh, barista behind the counter, I think at like a Barnes and Nobles or Borders Books or something, had um, like these, these, these studs sticking out of her, out of her chest bone. And, and I thought that that was, it was literally, you know, first time I'd ever seen it. I'd seen tattoos. Obviously, I'd seen lots of different piercings, but I'd never seen studs sticking out of somebody's chest bone. So I said, hey, that's, that's really interesting. I've never seen that before. What is that? And her response was, it's, it's blah, blah. And if you want more information about it, go research it yourself. Why are you attacking me for something I don't know? Because you are, you are somebody who's walking out in the world right now, showing this off. And in many ways, advertising this product. And if you're that person, you're, that, you're a Ferrari. You're not a crappy blue Chevy Nova. You drive by as a crappy blue Chevy Nova, nobody pays attention. There goes another. There goes a Toyota. There goes a Ford. There goes a Chevy. There goes another. But when you're a Ferrari, everyone goes, ah, oh, look, the Ferrari. Because it, it stands out. And at those moments when you stand out, I think you I, I think you have to look at questions that are being asked of you and say, Am I is this person doing this as an insult or is this person actually interested? And well, I haven't changed. I've been the same person my whole life, and I've given you two different experiences with very si- different outcomes with very similar people. So I, I, I'm not sure if, if people realize sometimes that they are a Ferrari. I think sometimes they're not sure of who they are at that moment. Doc? Yes, to, to, to build further on that, you know, I'm a relatively, you know, middle-aged man, I guess. I'm almost 45 years old as a matter of, uh, you know, disclosure here. And the world has changed quite a bit since I was a kid. Like back in the day when you colored your hair green, you were considered a real outcast, a real wild person just for coloring your hair green. That's what punks did. You know, that's, you know, that wasn't what was in the mainstream. And now I see professionals with wild colored hair at the bank, you know, working as a teller. And it's considered fairly normal. And I'm not going to be the old guy to go, well, I don't know what these kids are doing these days. I mean, I understand what's going on. They're, they're utilizing the things that are culturally available to them to kind of stand out a little bit or whatever. But that's not as radical as it used to be. You know, the, the studs and the collarbone uh, that people have these days is a fairly radical body alteration. It's more radical than tattoos. But tattoos used to be radical back in the day. And now everybody and his brother, every jock that has ever, you know, pumped a needle full of steroids, you know, in the gym has tribal tattoos. Like they're all like from the Maori or something like that. They all think that they're, you know, they're all cool and and everything. Everybody and his brother has a tattoo. I mean, I got tattoos all over my body, but the studs are a radical body alteration, you know? So it would be, you know, for, for a person my age, especially, it would be kind of a radical thing 
to see something like that. And I think it would be completely reasonable to ask it, but, you know, clearly it's about perception, of course. So uh, you asking that question to that person might have been a problem. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that when we come back from the break. You're listening to The Marine and the Hippie. This is dialogue number 19. Are you a Ferrari or are you a Chevy? I happen to be a Ford. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Doc with Marine and the Hippie. I'm the Marine, and let me just say, make love, not war. Peace. Hello, welcome back to Dialogue 19 of the Marine and the Hippie. Today we're talking about are you a Ferrari or a Chevy? When we went to break, Doc was discussing how things have changed and how um, body modifications are now kind of the extreme where tattoos are kind of the new normal. Which brings me to the internet and scrolling. All day we're attached to screens, most of us, um, for business, for work, on our phones. And what we do is we scroll. We, we stop, we click, we search, we scroll. And where do we stop? Do we stop at the Chevys? Well, unless we're looking for a Chevy, no. We, we stop at the, the Instagram post or the, the magazine page or the Facebook post or the Twitter, the, the thing that catches our eye. And if it's catching our eye, unless we're looking for the Chevy, it's a Ferrari. And that's what catches our eye. And that's, that's what draws our attention. And that's what creates the reason for us to stop and to, to like and then keep going, like and comment and keep going, or just keep going because we, we stopped and we found out that it was an ad that we're not interested in. And that's how the internet works. That's how the whole, that, that's what we do. We, we, we scroll, we keep on going, and we go, oh, there's something I like. So that sets this, this momentum because we, we are attracted to something or we are interested in something. And whatever attracted us or interested us in this post is why we're there. We're not there for any other reason. So when we stop on this post and we make a comment and somebody is insulted by what we're, the comment that we make on our perception of what we're looking at, I think it's the person who posted it it's a moment in that time when when they're seeing something seeing themselves as something different than they are i think they're seeing themselves as the chevy when really it's a social media post of billions of them and we're stopping because they're clearly the ferrari for whatever reason duck and you know we this the the topic that you had written on was about cancel culture and i think maybe you know part of this has to be about the limits of cancel culture you know you had mentioned in your article that um you know if a person's a real asshole or a real racist or a real misogynist or whatever yeah by all means cancel them you know if they come out and say some things that's really violent or hateful towards certain some certain group yeah cancel them cancel away you know knock yourselves out but we also sort of have a responsibility and this is where you know the marine and the hippie we talk about you know, problems in society. We also talk about suggestions for, you know, solutions and how to kind of rebuild, you know, rebuild the tears in our society right now. We have a responsibility, you know, at the end of the day to, 
to kind of, you know, to, to kind of realize that each of us do weird shit. And I mean, there's a lot of people out there that just do really weird things. And under no circumstances are those weird things perceived as uh, normal by everyone who's not you. I mean, I have a lot of really strange behaviors. I tap on the table incessantly. For me, that's completely normal. But for some other person, that might be really freaking weird. And I have to understand, I have to acknowledge the fact that the things that I do personally, the things I do individually are just strange to some people. And they don't understand that. So do I have a right then when someone calls me strange for doing the things that they don't understand, do I have a right to go and cancel them? And at the end of the day, you know, you got to, we, if we're going to build a society in this country where we can get along, we have to, you know, acknowledge the fact that, that people see the world differently than we do. Everyone sees the world differently than we do. If I post some picture on my, you know, Facebook or my, my Twitter where I'm looking hot and everything like that and people comment, you know, you look like a really hot dude, you know, whatever, uh, that, that would never happen. But hypothetically speaking, if someone comments that, I shouldn't take, you know, like umbrage at the fact that someone's calling me hot because there's a reason why I posted that. It's not just because I feel pretty today and I want to share it you know, with other people, I feel pretty or whatever, you know, yeah, I'm a good looking guy. And so if someone comments that I'm a good looking guy, why would I get upset about that? But there are people who do get upset about that. And so do we have a responsibility to acknowledge the fact that, well, we participate in some sort of behavior that causes people to take notice of what we're doing, that causes people to have a certain reaction. And, you know, at that point, do we have a right, when we do that, do we have a right to cancel them for the reaction that we got from our own behavior. You know, it's not just me walking down the street, minding my own business. You know, that's what, you know, when, when you talk about rape culture and whatnot, a woman walks down the street wearing whatever, she's, she's minding her own business or whatever the case may be, and someone, you know, whistles at her. Yeah, she has the right to get upset about that. It's not just that. It's me actually putting myself out there saying, look, I feel, you know, hot today or whatever. Here's my beautiful picture of myself, you know, and then I shouldn't get upset when people who are different than me respond to it differently than I want them to respond, Dylan. And that's the key. And as you said, um, Marina and the Hippie is offering, tries to offer solutions to the problem and, and, when people respond differently than how we want them to respond is the big idea right there in a nutshell. It's because we don't have a right. We have, we have no right in the world of social media, in the world of multimedia to choose how other people respond to us. That's like saying, I wrote a song, you must like it, or I created a painting and you must enjoy it, or I wrote a book and you must give me a good rating. That's not how it works. There's a huge difference. There's a world of difference between that and someone being catcalled by workers on the street. That's different. That's that's that is misogynistic. That is sexist. That that, that that's that's a different line. But in in the world of multimedia, I post a picture of me and my mom, and somebody says, or uh, me and my dog, or me and my girlfriend, and somebody says hey, you are the most beautiful man I've ever seen in my life, or man, you're ugly, or your girlfriend's ugly, or your dog's ugly, or why would you? I've put myself into that arena. I can't choose how those people are responding. And if I, and the moment that I, I choose to respond in any sort of 
with any sort of measure of angst or frustration or anger is the moment that I don't realize that I am a Ferrari at that moment. I've put myself out there to be examined, to be explored, to be ogled, to be looked at. Because if I didn't, I'd make my stuff private. I wouldn't show my face. Now, I used to do this thing with my, with my hands. I used to snap like this. And it was just one of my quirks. And one of my kids came up to me one day in Turkey, and they said, hey, Mr. Netter, do you know that you're telling us to screw you every time you do that? And I said, hmm, obviously not. And we laughed about it. And it was, I, I think it was one of my favorite kids, if I, if I remember correctly, and who I've ever taught. And it wasn't me doing anything insulting. And it wasn't them being insulted. They were just informing me about a line that I had crossed. And that, that's, that, that's where it needs to be. But when we immediately go to cancel, this person said this. Mr. Netter does this. He's telling us to screw, screw us every time. It's obviously not the case. The case is I just have a quirk that translates in your country to something. It doesn't translate in my country to anything. And sometimes we, we need to ask that next question. We need to move forward. We need to make that, 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 that next step before we go to cancel. Hey, why, why, why are you drawing attention? Why are you drawn, drawing attention to my mustache? Well, because you have a, it's a really ugly, big, fat mustache on your face. And it's the first thing that I see when I look at you. No, that makes sense. Instead of, man, I hate your mustache. Well, that's okay. If you hate mustaches, you probably don't like my face at this moment. So anyway, um, thanks for listening to Dialogue 19 with the Marine and the Hippie. Are you a Ferrari or a Chevy? I'm Dylan the Hippie signing off from Kusadashi, Turkey. Thanks for listening. And off to you, Doc. And I am Doc from Iowa, the Marine, stationed here in Ames permanently, uh, apparently. Uh, you can check us out at marinehippie.com. We have a bunch of links there. Where you, can look, you can look at all of our old shows, our archive. You can find links to you know, Dylan's blog. You can find links to my blog and my information on the Internet. And you can find us on Twitter, too. Write us on Twitter. Let us know how beautiful we are. Um, I, I don't know about you know the people that post selfies that they just think are oh my look look my face is so trash here I am a beautiful picture of myself uh, but I like compliments you know and so by all means give them to me tell me what you think tell me that you think oh yeah dude you're a really sexy dude I I take it from everyone you know all comers everyone that wants to compliment me can feel free to do so uh, not speaking for Dylan I imagine he probably would like that too so. Uh, check us out, marinehippie.com, and next week we'll be back with some uh, some more dialogues. And hey, have a good week. Peace. Peace. You're listening to the Marine and the Hippie. For more information on the Marine, follow Doc at Supernova underscore Earth on Twitter and listen to the Supernova Earth Show on Spotify. For more information on the Hippie, follow Dylan at Gezi and Me on Twitter 
and read his blog at observationsfromthespectrum.org.